0: Every week, it's our goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that help craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and Anne Arcio. Welcome back, Anne. Hey, Amy, thank you. Happy to be here. We're talking all things retirement in the month of June, so we're excited to be having that conversation. And I say all things retirement, actually. We're talking mostly about saving for retirement, DK accumulation in retirement and scary things that are happening in the market around retirement. So before we dig into that, um, for those of you that have been listening to the podcast throughout the month of June, you know, I've been talking about a wine that is called The Element, which is made by our neighbors at Market Street. or Well, our neighbors at the office in Market Street Quincy Exchange, uh, the owner of Quincy Exchange actually makes this wine called The Element. And I've featured three of his other wines already this month. So I'm gonna settle on the final one, which is a blend um that he actually makes of two wines, Pinot Noir and Cab Franc, which as you all know is some of the wines that I often mention. But the the wine name is Can't Stop, Won't Stop, which I thought was fun. <laughs> yeah. So they are actually right next door to us, literally. And uh um, in the Quincy Exchange, right, and on, at our Market Street office, so uh, you know I can walk out our front door, walk twenty-five feet, if that, into their front door. So, I thing I like about that as I've mentioned in a few of the other shows, is that they, they not only have their own wine, they actually have a lot of Finger Lakes wine. So, and um, when we get you out to the Finger Lakes to visit us, we will definitely take you right there. It's a one-stop shop and, in oh, some nice. sense of some of the wineries that you could taste. And then we can we can go from there in any which direction. But that has been, um, I've I've enjoyed uh, the tasting that I did with them, the element tasting uh, that I did with them. I enjoyed you know fe- their four features that they had the last time I was there. So, so if anybody's looking for a unique combination from the Finger Lakes area, both their Pinot Noir and their Cab Franc, I would highly suggest that you can go out to their website. and We'll have some notes, some stuff in the show notes. So if uh, if you want to if you want to try something from the other side of the country, uh, and instead of like from Oregon or because they're so well known for their their Pinot Noirs, right? Mm-hmm. We can ship one out. Oh, nice. <laughs> So our goal today, Ann and I wanted to chat with you just a little bit about what... uh, um, There's a lot of scariness in the market. And by market, Mm -hmm. I'm specifically referring to the stock market. Uh, So we wanted to chat with you just a little bit today about um, what what the down market and the impact on retirement savings can have and also you know the various stages of your life so young savers versus those retiring soon versus those in retirement certainly if you know so some people no matter what their age have fears of what's going on in today's market i always look at something like this and you know think of it as a buying opportunity but not everybody feels that way about it and and emotions are real right so no so how you feel about what's going on. Is, is a true feeling and, and you should honor that feeling and think through what's what's bringing some fear to the table. Sometimes it's just not understanding business and economic cycles and how the market works as a general rule with them. Um, sometimes it's, you know, the fact that you're making some decisions relatively soon and, and you feel like this might impact those decisions. Uh, when we run Monte Carlo's um Simulations, you know, retiring in an up market versus a down market—all those sort of things. So we wanted to jam out a little bit about that particular topic. So, Anne, let's get started with that. Um, What are what are some of the thoughts that you have around um, all those different age groups that I mentioned and the down market and impact on retirement savings?
1: Yeah, so I think you know, starting with some of those younger savers, um, and we're talking, you know, if you're 30 years from retirement, 20 years from retirement. um, You know, it certainly feels scary to hear what's going on. Um, You check your your 401k or your retirement account, you see the balance going down and that's discouraging. Um, But just a reminder that you know, so much can happen in the next 30 years, in the next 20 years or, um, you know, with the economy, with with um, who's going to be in office with, you know, just so much can happen, so much can change. And we certainly want to encourage you to stay invested. Like Amy said, this is, you know, these times can be a great buying opportunity, you're going to buy low and, and hopefully later on sell high. I mean, that's the goal with investing. Um, so we see it as a time to, to keep saving, to save even more aggressively if you can, um, to, to write it out, to not, you know, to try to just keep things into perspective that this is long-term money, um, you know, and if it is stressing you out, you, you know, maybe check the news a little less often, check your accounts a little mm-hmm. less often, you know, certainly put that solid strategy in place and then you don't have to be checking it, you know, every day, every week, uh, you know, that you have that strategy in place. It's long-term savings and you, you can feel good about that.
0: Um, I always always think, Anne, too, about, like I said earlier, you know, I think about the market being on sale. And if you think about going into a grocery store, you know, when they have those BOGOs, buy one, get one free type idea, or 20% off or half off or something, that's really what these economic cycles and stock market cycles do for us, right? They give us an opportunity to buy in and a little bit lower But when people think of the rolling hills of a stock market, if if they actually plotted those rolling hills, it's it's an incline, right? So Mm -hmm. each new peak that happens is higher than the last peak that happens. So it's actually an inclining um, from peak to peak. It's an inclining schedule if you were to draw that line. So. Even even if you, with the market going down and you being able to buy, that incline is actually sharper. So if you're saving in the 401k, like you mentioned, your dollar cost averaging and some of those prices are are you're getting more shares right now. If you're continuing to save, this is actually, in my opinion, the time you would want to increase your savings into these plans if you can with your cash flow.
1: I agree. I agree with that. I think it's a great time, a great buying opportunity, and. And to, you know, if you've got extra cash and you're looking, you know, it's a good time to get into the market and, and invest more. And then,
0: you know, when you have some of those folks that are getting, maybe they're not in retirement yet, but they're thinking about retirement. Do you have any thoughts on... um what they might want to be doing at this point in time. Not that it's any different, but just sort of some, some thoughts along those lines.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's certainly a crucial time for planning, um, for laying out cash flow, for looking at your overall mm-hmm. investment allocation. And by that, we mean how much do you have in more aggressive investments like stocks? How much do you have in bonds, which, you know, we consider to be less aggressive? Um, and is it still appropriate? So you know your investments when you're 20 years out from retirement are going to look different when you're just you know a few years from retirement. You want to ideally start to be a little bit more conservative. Start really laying out that plan of what your cash flow is going to look like and and where you're going to be pulling the money from, and um, you know just really understanding the ideal you know stocks to bonds balance and making sure that that looks appropriate. Um, and and then. Oh,
0: well, I was going to say, do you think it? You know, sometimes that is the word appropriate. Um, do you think sometimes that people understand that? Because you you said it, laying out the cash flow. Mm-hmm. So if you have really good cash flow going into retirement, some because of that, some people are more comfortable being more aggressive with their. assets because they have really good cash flow. On the other hand, the question is, do you need to be more aggressive (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you have really good cash flow? So I think the word appropriate needs to be defined. uh, And that's the planning side that you were referring to. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not a, you know, people look for like online, well, when you're this age, you should have this allocation and these, these general, um, you know, and pieces recommendations, of, yeah, recommendations yeah. of advice. Yeah. But you know, we really personalize that for you because there's a lot of elements that go into the right allocation for you. And like you've mentioned, I mean, we are working with a cl- some clients that have pensions and social security, and their spending is pretty low, and they're not really going to be pulling a lot out of their retirement savings. And um, you know, if they're comfortable taking some some additional risk, they certainly could do that. They don't need to take the risk because they don't need the higher return. But you know that that comes down to their comfort level. So it's really, mm-hmm. are you comfortable with risk? Are you going to be checking the market, you know, um, often? Are you going to get, you know, are you going to feel like you need to pull out when the market goes down? Um, so it's looking at your comfort level, your time frame, your, you know, individual cash flow and income and putting all those pieces together. And that's how we build the allocation um, that we feel, that, you know, is mm-hmm. going to work for you. And also I think one of the questions
0: that we ask is who is this money actually for? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's for you as the person, right? But sometimes it's like, Well, yeah. And I want to make sure that it's actually there for the kids too. Like I know I'm not, I'm probably not going to need all of this money. Um, So maybe I'm investing not just for my life expectancy, but for the life expectancy of my children, which is very different when we're talking about, um, like you said, as the closer you get to retirement, we generally get more conservative. Well, if we're actually looking at your kid's retirement that we're actually managing for, it's a whole different allocation. So Mm -hmm and as long as you feel comfortable with that ups and downs in the markets i think that that's that's the key to that conversation who are we actually investing that money for primarily you yes but secondarily it might be somebody else in your life
1: and i think when you were touching on the you know the risk that you're comfortable with it's over the last few years we've seen these huge gains in the market and we've gone you know hmm. to, Numerous clients and kind of warn them, hey, you know your your portfolio is getting a little more aggressive. That you know the stock side has grown. We should maybe reallocate things. And it's been hard for them to do that because they've seen the market grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as soon as you know that it, that cycle happens and it starts to pull back and we see these drops, it's it is very emotional. And especially in retirement, when you're not adding to your savings anymore, it's very emotional. And I think. Trying to picture that in your mind and that feeling when you see that happen, you know, are you really going to feel comfortable with this is important um, because the last thing we want to do is just start pulling things out in a, you know, a down market and locking mm-hmm. in those losses.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And what about for those that are in retirement, if they are feeling, you know, uncomfortable about what's going on, they've, they've very likely been through these kinds of cycles before and, um, have recovered hopefully from, um, from those cycles. Um, I, I think I go back to the statement that you made. Like, I, I, again, I'm not ignoring somebody's feelings, but maybe just sort of put it in the desk drawer for a little while and and not as long as your income needs are being met. But there's strategies, I think, that at least we put in place so that when these cycles, we know they're going to happen. We just don't know when. Mm -hmm. There's strategies that hopefully folks are aware of or we, you know, certainly we've tried to make people educated about the importance of asset allocation so that when they are in retirement and this happens, we aren't selling those mm-hmm. assets that are down. And part of that is creating some cash cushion or conservative
1: cushion in place. Do you want to talk just a little bit about that? Yeah. So we we keep talking a lot about cash flow and how important that is, but especially when you're in retirement and, you know, we like to go through with our clients and looking at by cash flow, we're we're talking about your your budget, your monthly budget. So what's coming in and what's going out. And is there going to be a shortfall for the year? You know, do you have enough and In pension or social security to cover what's going to be coming out, or are we going to be taking some from your account and how much? And, you know, what we like to do with clients, even if it's sometimes behind the scenes, is making sure that they have that cushion of at least two years. And so we, we have an emergency fund, but we also have this, this kind of cash and and it, it may be in brokered CDs. It may be in, you know, short term U.S. treasuries and some of it may be in, you know, a high yield savings account that we can pull from so that you can wait out some of these market mm-hmm. ups and downs and some of this market volatility. And if things go down, you've got this cash flow laid out for a few years and you're not touching that that money during the downtime. So I think mm-hmm. that cash flow, especially in retirement, that cash flow pl- planning is really crucial.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it also can play into some tax planning strategies <laughs> too sometimes. Um, sometimes we'll look at opportunities to get out of positions and actually do recognize those losses and that benefit, let's say a security is down about 10% or something like that. And we're able to recognize that loss, turn around and reinvest the money into something else that um, will hopefully come back and and grow as well. But now we have that loss that we can actually recognize on your tax return. um, And- Hopefully, the the even if it's a similar but not not enough similar to be considered a wash sale, mm-hmm. um, then in that situation, t- tax loss harvesting. This is an opportunity to do that sort of thing in retirement too to help offset some of the other income that you have and, and reduce your taxes. So mm-hmm. lo- losses are you know I don't like to take them in retirement plans if I can avoid it only because we can't. There's no tax advantage to that. But in brokerage portfolios, I look to these markets sometimes as opportunities in that way. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And I think one other, you know, in this, in what's happening right now with rising um, interest rates that one upside for those people that are, you know, we're telling them to put, to have a little bit more of a cash cushion is that they can earn a little bit more on that cash. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's opportunities to look for brokered CDs and High yield savings accounts and things like that mm-hmm. that are going to offer a little bit more um, in interest. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. been one upside in this market. <laughs> <laughs> and we are starting to see CDs actually come up in,
0: in value, which, like you said, has been, it's, it's, that hasn't happened in a while. So it's actually nice to see that kind of thing happening on the other side of the fence. And I know um, they just released what last week or the week before. Well, from when we're recording, it'll be a few weeks longer from when people are listening. The I savings bonds are up even more, right? They're mm-hmm. now over 9% annualized. And so for folks that put money in those or are planning to put money into those, those are really... Uh, high interest rates right now, a great place to stash some money. Those wouldn't necessarily be for a short term, but maybe for a year, you know, or to, or you know, the when I say a year, the only reason I say that is because you are locked in for a year, and then after that, for the next four years, there are some penalties for taking money out of there. So if you've got some cash that. You know for sure you're not going to need for a year, and if you understand that you'd have to pay a penalty if you needed it before, then that might be a place. Or if it's some place that you want some long term money, you know who who knows when interest rates are going to readjust. But usually we see a cycle about eighteen months, twelve to eighteen months is a typical cycle. So the Fed is pretty aggressively trying to raise interest rates to lower inflation. And if they're as effective as they think they're going to be, by the time next year rolls around, we should be right sized. <laughs> on the, on, on where we're at with the growth and, and the inflation in our economy. When it comes to, um, just kind of exploring this just a little bit further, um, when people are, are looking at, I, I want to focus just a little bit about people who are in retirement, if you're feeling, ner- or, or maybe soon to be in retirement, if you're feeling nervous, Let's talk about going because I've had a few not very many, but I've had a few people ask the question, "Should I go to cash um, or are there things that we should be watching that will you know alert us to a possible pullback in the market or economic recession and of course, there are leading indicators that exist. the stock market happens to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Right now, our economy is actually strong and the stock market is looking down the road saying, you know, I think the the economy is going to slow down or we could go into recession. And that's why you're seeing the pullback that you're seeing. Rising gas rates are another um, gas prices is another um, sort of leading indicator because that hits so many aspects of our life. It's not just the gas tank, but it's ultimately our food and almost everything else is affected by the price of gas. But going to cash isn't necessarily answer either because we never know when to get back in. So you could pull money out by the time we know that we're going to, we're heading in that direction. It's usually too late. And if we do it at that point in time, if we pull money out, when do we get back in? You know, we never know when things are going to turn around. If, if if you think about all of the recessions and all the econo- and all the stock market pullbacks you've ever lived through, especially if you're in retirement, you didn't know when we were at the bottom of the market. We didn't know when we were at the bottom of the market. Mm-hmm. So how do we know when to get back in? Um, and, and there is great stuff out there that actually gives us some um, statistics on missing the best days of the market. Uh, I know there's a CNBC article, and that you actually brought up that talked about if you miss the best days of the market, what you're giving up in return. Do you want to chat just a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, just kind of looking through it, it was giving some examples of the S&P 500. And, you know, on October 13th, 2008, when we were still in the, the middle of, of, you know. Things were, were looking pretty pretty down mm-hmm. at that time, and uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but the return, you know, was eleven point six percent. It went up by eleven point six percent, you know. And then, you know, looking at twenty twenty and the pandemic, and uh, March thirteenth, twenty twenty, went up, you know, nine point three percent. And so, just by missing out these on those days, you missed out on huge gains. And I mean, mm-hmm. none of us, we, you know, we don't have the crystal ball. We don't know when those those times are going to happen. And I think you know, just just pulling out and locking in such big losses, um, you know, you're not going to know when to get back in, especially looking at the examples of some of the gains in 2008. Like overall, mm-hmm. we, we weren't seeing, you know, the, the economy, we weren't seeing the recovery yet. So, um, you know, you certainly would have missed out on those big gains in your account yeah. had you pulled out on those days. So, it's just, it's really hard to know. And we think that laying out a good plan, reminding yourself that you have the cash flow for the next couple of years. You don't need to touch this right now. You can let, you know, you can ride through the cycle and be okay with your long-term money. So don't make, you know, short-term decisions with base, you know, with your long-term money. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just react. and, And we understand the fear. And I mean, every time feels a little bit different because whatever causes the down cycle is a little bit different. The pandemic, you know, it's, what's happening now with the inflation and still kind of the effects of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. um, the supply chain and, you know, what's happening overseas with Russia and, you know, every time feels different and scary and well, this time might be different, but you know, we do go through these cycles and, and I think it's just important to remind yourself that you have a plan in place and you're okay.
0: Yeah. I think, um, just sort of go back to like because everybody seems to remember two thousand seven and eight and nine, right? I mean, even, almost everybody remembers that time frame, and um, I always do. I can remember the date that the recovery started it's crazy that that particular statistic sits in my mind because it was march 8th of 2009 and my husband said to me what what would you like for your birthday this year and i said to him i would love it if you could turn this market around (laughs) (laughs) and then i went to work on march 9th and the market soared that day i mean just soared and we can now look wow. back at that and say that was the start of the recovery if you look back in all the charts and his you know historical um like when did the recovery start it was March 9th of 2009 now i remember that because i asked for that for a birthday present so i'm i'm like okay Brian you have some magic powers honey like you know put this to work <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, But we didn't know that. We did not know that because remember, the economy did not fully recover until 2011. So the stock market started turning around in 2009 but the economy did not actually have recovery until 2011. So that's where I think there's some disconnect sometimes of understanding like right now we have a really strong economy why is the stock market doing so badly? Cuz the stock market is a is a forward looking indicator. Mm-hmm. So by the time we actually go into a slow um, a, a true slowdown or even recession, probably the stock market will already start to have turned around. So we can't wait for that, and, and we just don't know when it's going to happen. So I always just like to I like to bring that up because that's a point that I think a lot of people um, a, a lot of people just don't understand that and. I was. I just like to share that so that, that everybody understands that there is those those periods where we just don't know what's going to happen. Although long term, going back to the goal setting, we've we've been rerunning um, you know our projections on r- retirement plans for our clients, and when you run those projections, especially in our system, there's the Monte Carlo projections. Well, Monte Carlo takes into consideration market corrections, right? Mm-hmm. So. So far, the projections I've been running still show success rates that are high because our previous um, probabilities did take into consideration these kinds of markets.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Now, are the asset adjustments there? Sure. The assets are starting at a different point because they're down to a certain extent, but the percentages seem to still be successful. But I would encourage people, if you're feeling uneasy with what's going on, that that's something that that happens. And I know June is a big month for us to meet with our clients and rerun those projections as well, just to see where they're at think that's, that's the, that's what we do need to be focused on. Like you said, Anne, let's, let's not focus on the market. Let's focus on the goals mm-hmm. and see if the goals are still achievable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think Any, planning
1: is so important. Especially, especially right
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. Any other tips or suggestions or ideas that you would share with the listeners this month uh, around this particular topic?
1: I was just thinking, you know when we were talking about um, when you do when you are in retirement and you're planning out this cash flow for the next couple of years, you know one strategy we've been using is the brokered CDs is is laddering them so you could, you know, if you know that you're going to have something happen in three months or six months, you can you can use different time frames on those um, to make to earn, you know, the higher interest, but to make the cash flow work for you. Um, and we've been working a lot with clients to build out that strategy, and I think you know, when interest rates were so low, it wasn't as effective of a strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think with interest rates going up and seeing that come up a little bit with these CDs, that's, you know, a new, you know, a renewed strategy that we could, would revisit with clients that are in retirement. Mm
0: -hmm. So more to come on that topic, right? As we we, um, meet with clients throughout the summer and take advantage of some of those opportunities, like we're saying, we we're starting sort of that three or six, nine, 12 month sort of strategy. But then as interest rates go up, we may push those out just a little bit. If we can lock in some four or five or, you know, percent, I, I don't know that that's what interest rates are going to go to, but if it does, then gee, you know, that's, that's kind of a nice fixed rate of return yeah. for some of that, that fixed income Definitely. money. And it, um, hopefully, hopefully we're able to get some of those. Hopefully we're able to see them again.
1: Yeah. And I think and, that- Oh, I'm sorry, Amy. I was just going to no, say go ahead. that no. has to just be when you're in retirement, you know, planning no, out even right. younger clients, planning out a future home purchase or knowing that they're going to need this cash, um, you know, in the next couple of years, you don't necessarily want to take a lot of risk with it, but you know, that can be strategies for younger clients who need the, some cash reserves, but also, you know, want want to earn a little bit on it.
0: Yeah. Especially if they don't need it right away. Right. It's mean, mm-hmm. a great strategy to ladder it if if they have multiple goals and they're short term, within like two to three years, I, I would consider those sh- relatively short term in nature. And that's mm-hmm. the perfect solution for that money because you know it can earn high yield, say high yield um, checking and savings accounts. Right now, still are not at that level. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to to get a fixed rate of return, it's an ideal situation. So yeah, good point that you brought up. Well, we hope everybody has enjoyed this episode of Wine and Dime, and uh, we'd love to hear from you if there's topics that you'd like us to be chatting about and digging into a little bit more. We'll certainly place some things in the show notes that we mentioned. We hope everybody that um, uh, does share this with their friends and family that might find it useful. And of course, we always ask that you go out on iTunes and rate us so that more people can find us. And we hope that some of the things that we shared with you today do bring you some peace and allow you to go refocus some time and and enjoy with your family and and hopefully not worry about this as much, but we understand that this is very emotional and we do not want to discount the fear that you may be feeling. We also want you to understand that a lot of things that we look at incorporate these market corrections. So um, hopefully that does take some of the fear out of the way that you're feeling. I hope you have a great week, everybody.
1: And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.